You're flying with Pod Squadron Podcast. All wings report in. Pod Pirate standing by. Pod. I always forget. Pod Tracer. Pod Tracer standing by. Why do I always forget my nickname? All ships to attack Hi. formation. The mission objective is <laughs> to talk about the full scope of the Star Wars experience from the movies, TV shows, animation, games, comic books, themed experiences, merch, and your art and inspiration from the galaxy far, far away. Today's flight plan includes our guest David Yeh uh, from uh, from uh, EndorExpress.net. Also, uh, a special guest commentator. For, uh, that is Jacob. Um, shoot, I lost his Jason. Jason, Jason Salazar. Jason Salazar. I lost his name. <laughs> okay, between the two of us, we might make a full brain Good today. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but it's been a rough week. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. But anyways, uh, to continue the spiel. <laughs> Uh, we'll also be talking about Maul and the Mandalorian season five, episode 14 through 16. Um, also, technically, uh, episode one. If you haven't seen it, that's OK. I forgot to uh, assign it. And for all of you out there, all come channels, uh, all come channels open. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Find us on YouTube. Like and subscribe and hit the bell icon so you know when we have new content. But first, I'll be your squad leader today. I'm Andy Lowe, a.k.a. Chinese pirate, director, storyteller, Puppeteer, performer, and fight choreographer. On my wing is Tracy. Tracy, also known as Hot Nerd Girl and writer, blogger, occasional cosplay artist when we're not in a pandemic and all around uh, uh, <laughs> uh, trying not to be an alcoholic. During the during the pan fuckery, I'm trying not I mean, to become an alcoholic. I mean, really, no. That's some real talk there. Good yeah. God. Uh, but we are just one squad in the fleet. We're part of the Geekish Network. That's twitch.tv backslash Geekish Network. And don't forget our auxiliary support ships, digital click marketing as we build and expand. As foils to attack position, we're going in. Oh, Andy, Lord. it's just the two of us for this I first know. segment. You were singing we, the song. Yes, I know. Just the two of us. We can uh, make it if we uh, try. Just the uh, two of us, uh, Andy yeah. and I. <laughs> we're we're down Alexi tonight, but it's we're down the, Alexi. But she's uh, but we love her, and uh, she'll be back but next week. She Lexi is away week. at Dagobah, uh, in in right. training uh, <laughs> uh, for now. But uh, that doesn't mean we can't have a show, and we don't have a lot of interesting stuff. I really love this uh, this three episode arc. Um, yeah, from Clone Wars. It's actually one of my favorites, and I'm uh, I'm sad that Lexi isn't able to join us for I this. Know. But um, so I'm sure we'll catch up with her offline uh, as her thoughts on it too. Uh, it's a, it, it ends on a sad note too. It does. Oh, it's tragic, and you know how I love me some tragedy. Uh, but uh, we also, uh, yeah, we'll be bringing back, uh, uh, we'll be coming back to our discussion about theme park design as it relates to Star Wars or how Star Wars has driven uh, advancements in theme park design. So we're bringing back David Yeh and we have a, our other special guest, uh, J- Jason Salazar, as, we, as I mentioned before. Uh, Two so amazing guests. Show. That's awesome. This is yeah. a first for us. But uh, what other news that we do, do we have in the in the galaxy right now, Tracy? Well, Andy, hmm. let me tell you. Oh. We have Okay, so 
it was announced on Investor Day, right, that they were doing Star Wars Visions. Right. And then Star Wars Visions is going to bring all new creative takes on Star Wars from the world's best anime creators. So it's going to have that anime style. Yeah. So, like, for instance, if you're familiar coming- with uh, the Animatrix, which did an all kind of... Uh, uh, a man- manga kind of take on the the, the world of um, the Matrix or um, Gotham Knights was another one where it was an anthology film with a bunch of short cl- clips. Um, yeah, this is set for Disney Plus, but we don't have a release date yet even on this. No, but it's going to be called Ronin, right? Oh, well, this is uh, this is actually well, this is the book. So we don't have a release date on the series, but they've announced they've already right. re- announced a spinoff. Right. Book, which is crazy. Right. And I when I first saw Ronan, I thought maybe it was going to be a Marvel crossover because of Hawkeye. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> which Ronan is a very Japanese inspired uh, like take. Right. That he kind of, you know, makes a switch into more of like a Japanese inspired so hero. the word Ronin in Japanese uh, kind of refers to a masterless samurai, right? This is like during the Bushido times. And if you were a samurai that decided to leave uh, the employ of your of your shogun, um, you were a wandering masterless samurai, which is known as a Ronin or kind of a mercenary, right? Uh, and and uh, so the fact that we have a new anime inspired novel um about who knows what in the star wars universe called ronin um maybe a lone jedi maybe like you know i I also kind of wonder what era we're talking about too right i mean is it is it civil war era is it you know high republic era i mean there's a lot of interesting uh, you know who knows let me ask you this andy okay because you would probably know better than i would with your martial arts background mm. um us uh, now i know that samurai were was not like an honorable thing for a long time and then over time it became an honorable position right well uh as far as they were concerned they thought they were honorable well, of course of <laughs> course but they were like they were um and now now forgive me because i'm basing this on you know like his, it's, history it's like, shows that i've it's watched like warlords right this is a warlord period so it's kind of like feudal it's like the japanese equivalent of feudal or maybe times. it was a class thing maybe they were like a lower class and then over time they became a higher class is that I what it is it's it's that the 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 shogunate where it's it was like literally like a, a medieval structure. So your shogun right. is basically your king um, and they kind of operated as warlords. They conquered and, and controlled various land. And of course, you know, there is all that rank and file with that. It's the ninja who were basically honorless assassins. All the shogun were like the knights, you know, who were kind of honor bound to defend their shogun or their lead samurai. Right. Um, um, but of course, you know, it's like honor is a, is a, is a tricky thing depending on whose perspective. Right. right? Cause everybody thinks they're the good guy. Even the bad guys think that they're the good guys. Right. Right. No. Okay. But from, but my question is, it was, is a Ronin, somebody who doesn't have a Shogun, is that like, like where they fall on that? kind of respect ladder uh kind of on the bottom right i mean the the idea is that they're kind of a mercenary so they are are not beholden to anyone's service and therefore they are you know 
like it, a soldier for hire type thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, and that's been the the interesting thing with a lot of um, movies and other stories about Ronin of these these characters of people who have left the employ of their shogun because they did not agree with how the shogun was running things, or they, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they did something that they thought was uh, was you know less. Uh, you know, forthright and, and, you know, therefore they did not want to disgrace their own um, master or whatever like that. A lot of different variations on that story. There's a really good Netflix series right now about the, the, um, the samurai there, the, I guess he was a shogun who, um, who ended up uniting Japan. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. eventually became the emperor, right? So, right, right, yeah. right, right. And he was like a, like, alcoholic like whatever guy but he like (laughs) for some reason he had like the magic sauce that brought everybody and was like you know just just vicious enough and just enough of a leader but the reason why i bring this up is because the idea of a of a of a lone jedi for hire fascinates me totally um and again think of that as being bounty hunters but well and particularly if we don't know we don't know what era it is right so it's like you know what is the state of the jedi in this time of the story i don't know i'm I'm really intrigued i mean i'm also intrigued by uh just star wars visions overall of of what this will all look like what new characters or what old characters will see new interpretations of um this book is written by an author named emma mieko kendon uh, so, uh, uh, if anyone is familiar with any of her work or, or, or prior books, uh, please talk about it in the chat. Let us know if you have any intel about what kind of writer she is. Um, Paul, Paul's asking what I'm drinking. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I always need to say what I'm drinking just for Paul, just for you, Paul. I am, I'm drinking the, the, I've, I've had this one before. It's, I need to go to the liquor store. It's the two towns, uh, Pacific pineapple and it's delicious. <laughs> it is five percent alcohol pineapple. by oh it's, it's so re- oh my god this stuff during the summer because i don't have air conditioning oh, yeah. this stuff during the summer and also because i'm a farmer now <laughs> so good so good if you like pina <laughs> this is gonna be our musical episode yes it is and there we go. <laughs> once more with feeling andy um, uh, that's it for our news. Uh, the only other thing that, uh, of course, you know, here we're here a part of the, the Geekish Network, and we are uh, holding a fundraiser for uh, uh, for the Stop Asian Hate movement um, after the many, many incidents and the incidents continue to grow. There's still more stuff happening. Uh, it seems almost like every other day there's another incident. But uh, please uh, give what you can or support or share. Uh, I believe the link will go into the chat, but it's uh, on Tiltify. So it's uh, donate.tiltify.com backslash at pangeekery backslash TGN dash stop AAPI dash hate. Uh, check that out. But shall we get to uh, this this uh, round of episodes from sure. the Clone Wars. If we must. If we must, we must. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is still my enemy. Sith Apprentice Darth Maul has destroyed, was destroyed by young Jedi Padawan 
Obi-Wan Kenobi on the planet Naboo after the death of his master Qui-Gon Jinn. The experience would serve as his trials, ascending him to the rank of Jedi Knight and master to young Padawan Anakin Skywalker. But unbeknownst to him, Maul's hate and dark side power kept him alive long enough to be repaired and with prosthetic legs and eventually reunited with his brother, the, the amazingly powerful Savage Opress. Hell-bent on revenge against Kenobi, fate has crossed his path with the seditious group of Mandalorians known as Death Watch, an extremist terrorist group wishing to return Mandalore to its old ways of military dominance and conquest. Seeing a mutual foe in Jedi Knight Obi-Wan Kenobi, Pre Vizsla, leader of Death Watch, hopes to utilize Maul's talents with the Force to take revenge on Count Dooku, the Jedi, and his rival, Duchess Satine, whose rule continues to be challenged and controversial due to her hardline stance on true pacifism. But... Maul uses his intimate understanding of the Outer Rim Underworld to build an army. The lines become blurred as to who is using whom. The conflict between Maul and his criminal empire, the Death Watch, Obi-Wan, and Satine become tense and personal. With the fate of the Mandalorian people hanging in the balance as and the ashes falling on a new unexpected hero who may just hold the key to the future of Mandalore. Dun, dun, dun. I still want music. I need like. <laughs> we need a, a, a one of those things that has like sound effects buttons. Yes. Can I just tell you, Andy, that if I ever become a burlesque artist or <laughs> a drag artist, that Savage Opress is totally going to be my my name. Hot. My alter ego. <laughs> yes. Would, would Savage you, would you, Opress. Would you go with the face paint? Would you? Would you? Would you of homage? Course. The, the the yellow skin and the the tattoo patterns i gotta be honest with you um i don't know that yellow is my color as far <laughs> as face paint uh i i i tend to go with the reds fair enough uh but maybe i'll meet them halfway and do a, like a burnt sienna oh, okay okay uh you'd have to do the horns of course all about those horns very horny. Very horny. Mm-hmm. Acha. <laughs> um, no, I, seriously though, I, I, this was my first introduction to Savage Opress because I had only seen the first couple seasons mm. of of um, Clone Wars prior to us watching these and. Because I, I just didn't. I, I started watching them on Netflix, and then Netflix it went away. Right. On Netflix. And so uh, so I never really got to go past that. So to see him be like the big hulking younger brother. I feel like that's a that's a very common trope in in a lot of things, even if they're not related brothers, you know, like the whole, you know, of mice and men and, you know, it, just throughout literary and television history, you always have like this this younger backup brother who's bigger and stronger. Uh, Outlander is is also the same way. Um and so I was, I don't know, I thought I found that that uh, that dynamic very, very interesting and how I feel like they only have each other. 
Yeah. I also was just watching in the background while I was working this past week, the Elizabeth and Margaret documentary, because I need things that I don't have to pay attention to while I'm working, <laughs> but I needed a distraction because I'm unable to just sit down and work like I need something going on. And, um, and so, yeah, I pick things that I don't have to really pay attention to, but they, they were it's a similar dynamic where they really only have each other as friends and confidants. And, and at the same time, I'm watching this episode arc and I'm watching Maul and Savage and I'm thinking they're like Elizabeth and Margaret. <laughs> but you, you never know, thought um, you were going to hear that tonight, huh, Andy? You, you know, uh, Savage actually has a really interesting story because um, the, in, when they do his origin, um, he is originally actually chosen to be uh, Asajj Ventress's, um, 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 I guess, Padawan? not exactly Padawan because she's not exactly a Sith, but basically right. when she decides that she wants revenge on Dooku after Dooku tries to kill her, uh, basically she goes back to the Night Sisters and they make Savage Press. So it was like he literally is Maul's brother. Like actual brother, uh, but they. Oh, but they weren't like raised together or anything. Well, they. You learn a lot about the Night Sisters uh, and and the the planet Dathomir, Dathomir and and all of the uh, the Sith magic or the dark side magic that makes up the Night Sisters world. That's a, actually a story arc that we might um, um, revisit uh, down the line as we get into some of the other characters as well. But uh, it, it's really cool. Also, uh, another interesting thing about Savage Press, uh, he is voiced by Clancy Brown, uh, who, uh, if you know, uh, if you're a fan of the Highlander, he was the, the 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 villain from the original Highlander movies. He was also the voice actor who did Lex Luthor for the Justice League oh. Unlimited series. Uh, does a lot of voice acting. He actually uh, his other Star, Star Wars appearance. He was the Deveronian, the 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 big huge red guy. Um, when they did the heist, the, the, the jailbreak episode. In which show? Uh, in in uh, Mandalorian, actually. So in Mandalorian, remember when they f- when they first introduced uh, Bill Burr's character? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the okay, gotcha, huge gotcha, devil gotcha. looking Yes. Is, I remember talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's Clancy Brown. So, I mean, awesome. it's very fun to see him in everything that he does. Um, and is it Sam, Sam Witwer is the one who does... Maul, yeah. right? Sam Witwer, who has been the voice of Maul through the Clone Wars, does has done a bunch of uh, other stuff. He was, of course, the voice of um, uh, Starkiller in the the uh, what are the name of those games? The Force Unleashed video games, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, also did some guest appearances on a bunch of television. He was on um, he was on Being Human. That's where I know him from because he was uh, he was the vampire on being on the American version of Being Human. He'd be a good vampire. I can see that. He was also yeah. He's kind of uh, pasty. He was also naturally on, um, <laughs> on uh, Smallville too. I think he was he was a, a villain. Of that must the, have been later seasons after yeah. I stopped watching. <laughs> I stopped watching when when Clark and Luth and Lex Luthor were still friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 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 early on. Uh, let's talk about uh, Eminence. Uh, so the this is episode fourteen, the first episode where we basically watch. Um, Pre Vizsla thinks he can control the Sith, and boy, is he wrong. Um, um, so the the quote that this begins with is, one vision can have many interpretations, which is a great quote and pretty much describes this whole episode of how Pre Vizsla has this grand vision of how he's going to take back Mandalore from um, Duchess Satine 
using these Sith um, to get past the Jedi and get past Dooku. And wow, he loses control very quickly. <laughs> it was like they both they they both had a, a plan and were using each other, but then they both would change their plan, but they were still using each other. And then they would change their plan again, and then they were both using each other. It was just like constant well chess right a game of yeah. chess well and it's also kind of really cool to see this is like maybe one of like three times that maul tries to organize the entire underworld right mm. so we see him uh, basically using death watch to conquer the black sun uh take you know the pikes just sign up right away because they're just afraid that they're coming that he's coming for the next and then he even gets the huts to to side with him so we see job of the hut get scared and go ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to see uh lots of huts in the same room together too totally yeah all the all the crazy huts um um all doing their thing slithering around um um i uh i really yeah, like that really they, they kind of not, not, I mean, you wouldn't think they'd be very fast although very slippery <laughs> yeah <laughs> I imagine it like a combination of like a seal and a snail. <laughs> Where they're just yeah, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe somewhere like seals are pretty like oh wait, seals flop and yes. snails snails go kinda, like they kind this. of worm their way through, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they have like the one foot. I wonder if they're like a slug where Oh, they that's just have right. One foot. I always forget about the one foot. <laughs> Technically snails have a foot too. It's just very yeah. long. Well, I mean the, yeah, I mean, basically Slugs are naked snails, after all, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Wait, do snail do slugs have a foot too, or is it just snails? I think they, I think they also have a foot. Like I think they're they're do literally they? the same when, thing except without a shell. I don't think. Well, okay, so maybe there's different kinds of slugs. Like I remember when I was living in Oregon as a kid, I remember like banana, like an army of banana oh, yeah. slugs coming up the walkway towards my door, and me thinking <laughs> that they were way bigger than they were. Um, but when I find slugs in my garden and I feed them to my chickens, they don't, they're just, they're just like kind of like a, like a conical shape. They don't really have like an obvious foot like the snails in my garden do. I remember, I remember like what there's a stand-up comedian who's like, yeah, yeah. Like God blows his nose. And of course the French guy eats it. <laughs> um, no, I'm really sorry if anybody is French here, but the French also are more <laughs> prone to that zombie virus. You know that zombie virus that cats can get because they get it from eating like uh, from the stuff that they eat. They don't eat like fully cooked foods. You know, so there's like this zombie virus that the animals can get and cats can get. And like the French are the most uh, predisposed to getting it because of their diet. <laughs> and so like a certain percentage of the population has like this like zombie virus in them <laughs> anyways okay so uh i, I, I do really like the uh the 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 callback that uh, mal says to pre pre vizsla the vision has expanded it's very kind of much a, an homage to um uh, darth vader saying to to um boba fett uh or not Boba Fett to um, Lando Calrissian. Uh, I've I've altered the deal. Pray do not alter it further. <laughs> yeah, there was another one. Was it in that episode? Oh, oh, never mind. That's a future episode. Never future mind. episode. Um, the, uh, There's also kind of some interesting thing where uh, basically Previsla keeps trying to, um, you know, 
put Mandalore higher on his priority. And he mentions that Mandalore actually speaks for 2000 neutral systems. So like when you really put this into perspective, right? The impact of uniting Black Sun, the Pikes and uh, the Hut Empire with 2000 neutral systems, that's like that's a sizable force like that actually yeah. becomes a, a, a really interesting I mean, truly of a, a, a third faction between the, the separatists and the Republic. Um, um, and uh, later on, we see how um, this ruffles uh, Palpatine, but um, it's it's an interesting turn of events. The Nihil 2.0. The Nihil 2.0, truly. Uh, <laughs> moving on to episode 15, Shades of Reason. Uh, the quote is, alliances can, uh, can stall true intentions. So we see kind of the effects of all of this movement that uh, Maul has done. Um, basically, they have the plan to now weaken um, Duchess Satine's rule of Mandalore. They use all of the criminal syndicates to basically uh, rough shot, run roughshod on, uh, on the Mandalorian people and allow Death Watch to come in and pretend to rescue uh, uh, everyone because, of course, Duchess Satine and her, her, her stance on pacifism makes her ill-prepared to deal with this threat. I know all that propaganda. Don't thank me. Think Previsla. Right. Uh, yeah. I also like um, um, Darth Maul's uh, quote. He says, uh, in turn, when, as, as both Previsla and Darth Maul are plotting against one another. And he says to Savage, uh, greed never fails to motivate. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that sad? It, it is sad. But that makes me sad. Uh, I mean, it's sad because ultimately Duchess's like her whole vision for Mandalore is undone and the people are on Pre Vizsla's side, right? (sighs) Which when I first saw that, I was like, how gullible are these people? And then I thought about like us as humans and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, this is and this is like, you know, both a recurring theme in uh, Star Wars, right? I mean, the Phantom Menace is about, you know, creating insecurity and creating a sense of desperation that inspires people to vote for war. Right. Um, And uh, uh, it is an ongoing theme of of George Lucas and Dave Filoni's the whole body of, of, of Star Wars. Right. Is very much about how how fragile democracy is. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and of course, then we have Pre Vizsla uh, making his speech to the people as they have embraced Death Watch. It is time to restore the warrior principles of Bandalore. Uh, this is really interesting because basically we're kind of seeing the birth of what will become the Watch that mm-hmm. um, that uh, later will spawn um, Din Djarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, this is this is the man. This is like where the mass recruitment begins, and Mandalorians kind of retake their their warrior heritage. Yeah, um, which makes you wonder: Did they really? Did the people as a whole really ever want to be peaceful, or did they, were they missing that sort of warrior culture? You know, would the would the Klingons right. want to be a peaceful people? When, when the Klingons have been a peaceful people in the past, there's always that group of Klingons who wants to rise up and take back their their warrior ways, right? 
I mean, we hear from various characters that talk about their armor being passed down to them, right? So it's very possible, mm -hmm. you know, um, <laughs> similar similarly to if you if you watch uh, the the Watchmen series on HBO, right, where the sheriff has robes in his closet and those are his heritage. Oh, you know, see, I haven't seen this here. I know the oh, I haven't. know the Watchmen graphic novel very well. Oh very, gosh. very well. But I have not watched the series, the newer series. Oh on my HBO. god, Tracy, that is so good. It is okay. Th that is that's something oh, I know. totally worth putting some time into. Only so many hours in the day. <laughs> understood. Understood. But uh, yeah. No, if you I haven't seen that. I this last week episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> There's so much content. I out. tried though, but it was Friday night and everybody was trying to watch it and it kept skipping and I couldn't. <laughs> I got frustrated yeah. and turned it off. Yeah, they actually it looked like they they uh, they released it earlier than midnight this week, maybe because they were crashing. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, it was it was it was up as as early as ten minutes before midnight. Um, oh, see, Paul just watched it. I need to watch it. Paul watched it. I need to watch it. Anyway, okay. So, so. Uh, Maul <laughs> Sorry. gets double-crossed, and Maul is sent to jail along with uh, the Pikes and the Black Sun and everyone else. And we uh, we see Maul and Savage basically go and decide, well, this is, this is to our advantage because we can go find out who is left over from previous uh, uh, administrations uh, that are easily corruptible. And of course, as we know, as we've seen in all of these previous episodes, pretty much everyone that uh, Satine trusted had, had basically, um, uh, you know, betrayed her at Except some point. her nephew. What's her nephew's name? Corky, Corky. or something? Corky. And Corky shows up later, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, so he oh, finds... Oh, I'm sorry. I still keep getting ahead. <laughs> but but uh, he finds uh, uh, Prime Minister Almec who, as we know, was the one who was basically giving uh, smuggled soda to kids and, like, killing kids. Right. The tea. With, with, oh, it wasn't yeah. soda. It was tea. Right. Yeah. With, like, sludge. Poison sludge. Um, so he has now a patsy with which to set up uh, former Prime, Prime Minister Almec and challenges Pre Vizsla to single combat. And, uh, boy, Pre Vizsla is arrogant. Like, did he really think he was going to win that fight? <laughs> well, he has the Darksaber. He does. He does. He actually has some really good fights with the Darksaber, too. Like the yeah, whole... he kind of held his own against um, Obi-Wan. Yeah. He held his own against Obi-Wan. He, uh, I mean, the, when, when they assault the Hutts um, um, stronghold, I mean, he kicked a lot of ass there. <laughs> yeah, he's no schmuck. But I think, I mean, you, you watch how... Maul kills a whole room of people, you know, it's like yeah. one swoop and it's like, oh. So uh, now we have only the strongest show rule, Mandalore, uh, which is now Maul. And Maul basically takes the, the takes, takes the throne. With the Darksaber. With the Darksaber, no less. So this is for more backstory for the, for the Darksaber if you had not watched any of this before and you uh, were wondering about the Darksaber in The Mandalorian, here it is. Yep. Um, Which Bo-Katan says, nay, 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 nope. nay. Right. <laughs> and so this is this is the cool thing, right? This is also another good kind of origin story for stuff we're seeing in The, in the Mandalorian, right? Is this is the moment that Bo-Katan basically steps to lead the, uh, the Night House. Yeah. 
Do you think that the rest of the Death Watch would have just fallen into line if it hadn't been for Bo-Katan? It seemed like they were bowing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're pretty good about showing like half of them bow down to, you know, b- b- fully believe the old Mandalorian ways and basically go, oh, he's right. the strongest. I guess we follow him now. Right. But uh, she has, you know, I mean, there seemed to be somewhat evenly split. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Um, Needless but, to say, Pre Vizsla is the first of the deaths. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, he's the pre death. So, so basically, they make the they have Almic addressing the Mandalorian people, claiming that Duchess Satine murdered Pre Vizsla, and Satine is now under arrest. And uh, the Mandalor Mandalore will be strong and will be known as the warriors they were meant to be. Uh, and you have the crate line from Darth Maul saying to Almic, "Go rule my people." <laughs> uh, my people, puppet dance, yeah. monkey dance. Uh, and then, of course, we get to the last episode, episode 16, The Lawless. Uh, the quote is, morality separates heroes from villains. And what's the first thing you were talking about him before? First thing we see is Corky. Corky. Corky comes Were you to disappointed Satine's- that Lucy wasn't in this episode? That Lucy? Lucy Lawless. Uh, wait, who, who was Lucy Lawless? The, epi- <laughs> the actress, Lucy Lawless. Well, yeah, yeah, but who who did she play? Wait, she doesn't. I'm just oh. saying it's called the Lawless, and I was a little sad that Lucy oh. Lawless wasn't in it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm catching up. <laughs> We're we sharing a brain today, Andy. It's okay. When are David and Jason coming in to <laughs> to give us three? We need a couple more brains. I'm honestly, I'm I'm amazed that we've been able to talk just the two of us for a half an hour with our half of brains each. Anyway. Anyway. We're good. Okay, last episode. We're doing okay. We're doing I want, okay. Every, every yeah. time I every time I go off track, you're like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, excuse me, as I get back in line. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I'm sandwiched between you and Lexi, keeping me in line, and it's all you, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I'm still on my first cider. (laughs) Drink more. Drink more. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now we have uh, Bo-Katan has uh, has, uh, worked with Corky and his fellow classmates. These, of course, are the classmates uh, who were all trained by uh, Ahsoka Tano. um, And they uh, help her make a transmission to Obi-Wan, who who basically is called to the council office. And what does the council say? I was reading, I was talking to people in the chat. The council, the council refuses to get involved. Yes. Uh, They say, although I think Yoda really thinks about it. I think if it does, I think he would have, if it's, it's so interesting, right? Because like, we can't get involved. Obi-Wan. Well, well, consistency consistently, like, you know, like, like Kai Adi Mundi is always kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like he kind of looks like one too. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's very Vulcan in his in his like very logical. Oh, he does look like a dick, doesn't he? He uh, does. He looks like a yeah. dick. Looks like a walking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, but oh, he also acts like a dick. But you know, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's kind of Vulcan in his very kind of emotionally detached. Um, you know, just the facts, man, ma'am, kind of way. Um, 
and he says uh, he says Mandalore's neutrality means the Republic will not get involved, which is uh, you know again like the ongoing thing in Wolf. We'll of course see Ahsoka kind of call out how um, um, the Republic and the Jedi tend to play politics before they follow what's right. Um, leaving Yoda in uh, in in uh, with a raised eyebrow as he looks to Obi Wan. Um, but then we have Obi Wan to the rescue. Uh, so he goes rogue, of course, because Satine is his, is one true love. Because he loves. He loves. Her. Her. He wants to hug her. <laughs> he wants to kiss her. Uh, but he but he also takes Anakin's ship which after five seasons of Clone Wars is a major hunk of junk and I forgot I forgot about this uh, but that's a very funny bit of how they get rid of um, <laughs> Anakin's ship <laughs> I half expected when um, oh am I getting ahead again huh? when, no. so when somebody comes and just starts force pushing people away yeah and confronts maul i was ha- and he says you're you know you I, you know, I see that you have overcome your injuries like that's swell um but you've been replaced you're not yeah. an apprentice there can only be two and you've been replaced i was half expecting a hooded anakin to show up oh yeah i know well we're, at we're one not point, quite there yet right I know, but at one point, the I, because I looked down at my puppy for a split second, at one point he like jumped down and landed, and I actually thought for a split second that that was Anakin in a robe, and then I realized it was still him. But right, yeah. Well, and we get we get, I mean yeah. So we're talking of course about Darth Sidious, who Darth Sidious is like, dude, Maul's fucking shit up. It I, I'm gonna go deal with this problem, and he shows up on his own, uh, and basically we have this big two-on-one fight between Savage Press and Darth Maul versus Darth Sidious. And it is a crazy fight. Which leads us to death number two. Death number two. Uh, we lose Savage Opress. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's see here. You already uh, you already called the, the, uh, some of the quotes that I also set aside. Um, he said, yeah, you are no longer my apprentice. You have been replaced. He says, I'm not going to kill you. I have other uses for you. Which is interesting, um, but yeah, Maul gets beat. Maul gets beat in a big way, and and it is interesting to you know um, when you think about what Maul is doing to basically, like, I mean, he's doing it all purposefully, kind of getting the attention of of Palpatine because he kind of knows he doesn't know the full plan of Palpatine, but he he knows enough. <laughs> yeah, and this takes place before solo uh this takes place After. before solo it before does it solo, is solo. Yes. okay okay so so yeah so he he uh, he unites the black sun the pikes and um the huts uh but in theory he has not created crimson dawn yet uh because we know that later on he will still rule this underworld called crimson dawn but presumably this is the foundation of crimson dawn right here right yeah and and vision will be his number two. Uh, and vision will be his number two. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, when we have Obi Wan coming to the rescue, uh, and he does the whole deal, he gets in a in, in a Death Watch uniform, uh, frees Satine. Uh, of course, they get captured again, and 
what happens next? <gasps> Death number three. Yeah. This is tragic. This is, uh, this is, of course, Darth Maul knows that killing Kenobi will not get him revenge, but uh, he's figured out that uh, Satine is his one weakness and his true love. And, you know, Obi-Wan tries to get all defiance. Like, if uh, you know, you, you can try and kill me, but or you can kill me, but you won't. Um, you'll never destroy me. And then he kills Satine. And uh, she says, my dear Obi-Wan, I loved you always. I always will. I know it's like weird 3D animation, but when they zoom in on Obi-Wan's eyes and he's like, yeah, I was like, oh, oh." yeah, he does a little eye dart and he he does a little squint, uh, which is which is 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 very well done. Uh, Then you have that great shot of him holding her in his arms in complete shadow. And uh, you can see him completely crestfallen. Um, it is it is so interesting. You know, we've been talking about these previous um, um, episode arcs where we've seen. Of course, we know that uh, Anakin has his issues with attachment with uh, with Padme. We know that we've seen uh, Ahsoka have to give up her attachments uh, with uh, Lux Bonteri, um, and now we've seen Obi Wan basically lose you know this is kind of his one last like emotional well i mean okay not his one last because of course he's gonna lose anakin very soon after this but and then padme yeah yeah you know what okay so i am technically half catholic my aunt's a nun like i you know (laughs) and this you know so like this whole idea of the jedi having to be celibate really kind of pisses me off because I kind of feel like it like it, it you know is a reflection uh or you know in some ways was like modeled off of priests mm-hmm. um and you know having to be celibate and how that has led to so many problems <laughs> you know not that the <laughs> yeah. not that the Jedi is full of you know but uh, what, what are they called Kid, kid people. Oh gosh, <laughs> pedophiles. Uh, pedophiles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> kid people. Whatever. Kid oh, people. yeah. Look. No, kid. Yeah, pedophiles. Not that the JS will pedophiles because it's uh, you know obviously not like we've never heard of that before, right? But I feel like so many problems are caused when you don't allow people to express. Well, to their, be people, right? Their, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, other half of my brain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is and this is like the thing that um, I find very interesting. I have this whole theory and one of these days we'll get to this rant, but I have this whole theory about how the Jedi's um, whole policy of letting go of attachments is really all just from Yoda. Um, mm. And and I you know particularly now that we're seeing the Jedi in the High Republic era and we're seeing Jedi with a lot more individuality. Uh, and, you know, like, like not necessarily more attachment, but, um, but I mean, they definitely seem to be more in touch with one another, shall we say, particularly Avar well, Chris and, and, and even, even in, in with Ahsoka, like, it seems like they don't mind if people kind of hook up when they're younglings. Well, it seems they mind. It's just, it's, it's that no one talks about it right i mean it's it's or it's even Padawan. like i think in high republic they were talking about you know um oh, in high, when, Pro- high republic yeah 
Yeah, when when um when Ava, Chris, and the other guy were Padawans, even it was when they became knights right. that they really had to put the kibosh on right, that. Right, right, right. Well, you know, so so this is the other interesting thing. So you talk about Catholicism. There's also a precedent for similar um, paths in Buddhism, right? Uh, mm. There is there's what is known as um, greater vehicle Buddhism and lesser vehicle Buddhism. The lesser vehicle Buddhism, which has basically been all but um, like ended in terms of practice, but that was a, you know, the the core idea of Buddhism is that you are trying to achieve nirvana. You're trying to recognize that the physical realm is void and everything around you is an illusion, and and um, um, understanding the void allows you to leave the wheel of samsara and you know achieve nirvana, right? Um, so the lesser vehicle uh, Buddhism is that you basically shut down from the world. You basically just close your eyes. You pray all day. You don't eat. You don't sleep. You don't do anything. You just pray to kind of shut out the world. And that's when, like when you see those um, those uh, reports of like mummies of, of mm. monks who were are still in their meditation mm. stance and completely perfectly preserved mummified but they because they never actually died they just shut down right and right. that is that is like the you know that path versus greater vehicle uh, buddhism which is about you know driven by compassion right where you you do allow pat your passions you do allow allow compassion to to guide you and and, well, and and if that you know by all means have the choice right you know, if you want to do, if you want to be celibate, by all means, be celibate. But if you don't, I mean, half the Jedi are banging other people anyway and having secret children and all this yeah. stuff. Like, just let it them also choose. does make you wonder how how the jet like how Jedi powers propagate when you know. Obviously, we see that Luke Skywalker or, or Anakin Skywalker is able to pass on his connection to the Force to his next generation. But uh, oh god, we just had a raid of burritos. Oh, what? Like a big old burrito raid. A burrito I raid. Earl. I think from Earl. I like burritos. Oh god, there's so many burritos. There's a whole thing of burritos. I want a burrito now. I want a burrito. Oh, I'm, I haven't I'm had a burrito in so long. I want a burrito. I haven't had a burrito <laughs> in like a year. LA is a very much a taco town. We don't have we don't have a uh, as as or at least I don't know if, if you if you know a good burrito place. Put in the chat. Let me know. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a burrito over. I like tacos. Don't get me wrong, but I'll have a burrito over a taco any day. Uh, thank you, Earl. Earl is uh, our good friend from the Pen Geekery show. Uh, uh, one of my co-hosts there. We're on on Monday. Yes, Earl. A year. We've been in a pan fuckery pandemic. <laughs> yes, a year. Everybody's questioning a year. Yes, a year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kevin, you moved back east. Finding a good burrito is problematic. My friend Solveig had to move back to Norway. Try finding a good burrito in Norway. <laughs> um, Put me back in up. line, Andy. Put me back in line. So we're actually just finishing up uh, talking about these uh, three episodes from um, The Clone Wars, which is uh, season five, episode 14, 15, and 16. This is, uh, we just talked about the death of Satine, which is the true yes. love of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And um, also we see Obi-Wan Kenobi getting uh, freed by the Night Owls in Bo-Katan. And Bo-Katan tells him, go back to your Republic, tell them what's happened here. Uh, and he says, but that means the, the Republic will come in and uh, and occupy Mandalore. And she's like, yeah, but Maul will be dead. 
and we kind mm-hmm. of see the beginning of the conflict that we we know that she's been on trying to return Mandalorian rule to to Mandalore all the way up to uh, the the Mandalorian show. Yeah. Also, thank you, thank you, Earl. Thank you, Early. Be good for the raid and welcome everybody. Uh, so, any last thoughts on this uh, on this uh, set of episodes? Absolutely not. Bring in David and Jason because we need more brain. <laughs> and I need more people Fair to enough. keep me in line. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, this this round of episodes. Of course, this brings us to um, uh, uh, the end of this round. Of course, next week we'll have another round of episodes. We're going to focus particularly on some of the clones of the Republic uh, that will help lead us in to the release of the Bad Batch, um, which will be on May the 4th. So we'll start on those and we'll give, we'll tell you the episode numbers for that at the end of the episode. Ah, moving on. So... Uh, as you know, we are part of the Geekish Network. This is a new network that uh, Earl is part of and I am a part of and many other great shows are part of. To celebrate this new network, we're uh, honored and to honor the podcast that started it all. That's the Pan Geekery Show. We are giving away a PC courtesy of our good friend of the network at JeremyGerm33. You can find him on Instagram and Twitch. He does custom workstations or gaming PCs that won't break the bank unless you want it to. You set the budget, he'll work around it. Premium parts for it. With your personal flair, serving the greater LA County with 20 years of experience, um, go to the go to the uh, the link that you'll find in the chat. You can check out the PC. It looks great. It looks like the black label. Uh, uh, I mean, it's got the Johnny Walker. Logo. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty slick. Check it out. I know my um, alcohol. And yes, you have until March 31st to sign up. And so make sure you do that. Uh, check that out. All right, moving on to our next segment. Uh, we are going to go back to talking about how Star Wars has been inspiring and pushing the realm of theme park design and immersive design uh, in, for for years now, decades really. Um, we are bringing back uh, David Ye from IndoorExpress.net. David Ye is a Southern California resident infatuated with all things Star Wars and Disney. Now that they're under the same umbrella, he has targeted anything combining. Uh, he has targeted anything combining the two. As one of the reporters and photographers of IndoorExpress.net, David has covered the closing and relaunch of Star Tours and the grand opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. On the side, David is designing tropical-style tiki mugs for the Lost Temple Traders. Welcome, David. Hi. We also... Hello! And we also have (laughs) Jason Salazar. Uh, Jason Salazar is a filmmaker, actor, collector of all things Disney. Welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me, guys. Good to see you. Good to see you. So, uh, we are going to continue on with our chat just to recap a little bit. Um, last time when we had David on, we were talking about how Star Wars kind of threw the gauntlet for Imagineering, or rather it was the gauntlet that, that Imagineering wanted. Um, basically, back in the night, in the early 80s, uh, uh, Michael Eisner uh, 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 
basically went to the Imagineers and said, uh, we should do a Star Wars attraction here in the parks. And he turned to the Imagineers and uh, they came up with Star Tours, of course, which was using utilizing new technology, uh, uh, basically NASA flight simulators. And that led to um, also the Captain EO project with um, also collaborating with Lucasfilm. Um, and um, eventually uh, Star Tours got an update in the early 2000s, which uh, suddenly took that same immersive experience and uh, added new projectors, new effects, uh, better sound, better, newer um, um, uh, uh, simulators that didn't need to recharge. <laughs> That's a whole other story. We could get into that as well as... Uh, had to recharge? So this was a thing that the technology is that the, the pistons could only um, like let go of, of, of fluid. So you couldn't actually push something up. You could only release it. So what they would do is that you would start that beginning thing when you're going on the elevator is them basically charging up all of the pistols. <gasps> and then all they do is they drop you a little bit, 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 drop you a little bit. So all the motion that you're feeling is never getting pushed up, but it's just dropping. So that feeling of, 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 going to light speed is the two rear the rear pistons dropping out from under you what that's how it worked back then and of course when you get to uh, the end of a sequence then they charge you up again so then like you know you escape the comments i had no idea and then they charge you up again and they push you back up to the top and then drop 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 wow I yeah. learned something today. Thank you, Andy. I love this stuff. I love theme park design. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even need That's us around, thing. really. Uh, you can, you can. <laughs> okay, can yeah. I just say, between the two of you guys, I learned something about Disney or every single day, about Disneyland, like really random parts of Disneyland. But I'm like, because I never... You guys are annual pass holders, and and I am not. Somehow you let me in this group. I don't know why, but you you guys can go for like two hours at a time when it's not a pandemic, and go to these little back areas and and discover these things. And so you guys are like these walking encyclopedias of knowledge about Disneyland. And at some point, I need to go to Disneyland with you guys. I just want them yeah. to hire me eventually. That's that's all. That's my end game here. <laughs> and- <laughs> um, so we're going to start talking about specifically Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So we've talked about kind of how Wait, we got before to we do. Point. Can oh, I yeah. ask a question? Yeah. If Star Wars takes place in a galaxy uh, that's uh, far, far away, but a long time ago, why is it in Tomorrowland? It's not in Tomorrowland. It's well, Star Tours is. Star Tours. Oh, Star Tours is. Yes, sorry. Yeah. I thought you were it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So why is it in Tomorrowland? Well, because it's so far away in the past that it's in our future. Yeah. <gasps> so it's like, you know, has, as light reflects back, we're actually looking at light from long, long ago. So it's, <laughs> is um... this like some Tony Stark <laughs> time Maybe. travel also, shenanigans? Oh. Also, Tomorrowland is the, I mean, the technology of Star Wars is kind of our future as well. And Disney has often said that Tomorrowland is about our, about um, science fact and also science fiction. So it falls under that category of Tomorrowland. Okay. All Even right, though I don't know right, where Buzz right. Lightyear falls into it. That's, <laughs> that's like cartoon, so... Yeah, that's I don't know. Uh, could, that's a whole other topic entirely. That's a whole other topic entirely. Well, that was what oh. ride was that? Oh, that was the the circle, the three hundred and sixty 
Circle Vision, right. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, well, the I mean, there were so many things that was just of the present in Tomorrowland also. So I think anything that had anything to do with flying spaceships, they were like, let's let's do it. Let's bring it in. Uh, and people movers. I miss people movers. Oh, oh the people movers, movers were awesome. Yeah. Did you buy the, the game? This is a tangent, but did, if you buy the new Disney Game of Life, the game pieces are people movers. Nice. Oh, are they really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you card. can put people in the thing. You know, yeah. well, this yeah. is actually so this the, uh, getting us back into Galaxy's Edge. So there was. <laughs> but I mean, back in line. <laughs> There was actually a plan for a third attraction in Galaxy's Edge, and it what the idea of it was based very much on a people mover, and that was basically a ride vehicle that would give you a tour of the planet of Batu. Um, do you want to talk? Uh, do, you, do you do you know about this ride, Jason? I, I'd seen like uh, when they had concept art of it. I, weren't you supposed to ride like a bantha and like go like across like the entire portion that was going to go around, and then I guess they just didn't do it because of you know, money reasons. And, and I guess that's also why Oga's was so small because that was supposed to be like, I believe the waiting area for a much larger yeah. dinner show. And, dinner they're show. Like, oh. and they're like, nobody wants to go in here. We'll be lucky if they go into the bar and then everyone like it went crazy. And it's like, Oh, I guess we should probably build the dinner show now. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Wait, but, uh, they thought yeah. nobody was going to want to go into a bar. I, I have a friend whose wife is a Disney Imagineer and I can't, talk about things she talks about but i mean like i remember like she had heard things back in the day and she's like yeah they were just really insistent that no one's going to really want to come in here and so they're like let's just open this and that's plenty and then that was wrong so that was like that was like the first thing i heard about with galaxy's edge was yeah. that it was going to be a bar yeah yeah <laughs> no it's fantastic i try to get in there well back you know pre-apocalypse times you know that was the first thing i would always hit and and then, you know, you get drunk and then you ride smugglers run and you're like, oh, OK, this is great. <laughs> it's hard to get drunk there, though, because they it don't is. put a That's ton of true. alcohol. That is true. That this, is true. This Norwegian girl can't. It's it's they're not even. No. You, nope. you know, they made me clean out my pork cup before I could take it out. So oh. I, was very, I was very disappointed. So. You go with six sober friends and they all order two drinks and then pass it to you. You oh, know, there you go. Okay. You know <laughs> what? Hole. You know what you do. Don't don't ban me, Disneyland. You fill your five hour energies with vodka, <laughs> and you pretend that they're five hour energies as your. Like wow, she's going to be up for twenty four hours straight with that. <laughs> yeah, the amount she's drinking. Oh, I've had three of these today, but no, this is what I would do. Cause when we first, I'm sorry, Andy, I know I'm going off track. <laughs> this is just what I do. Um, when I started going to conventions, this was not long before I met Andy. I was so painfully shy that I would be, I would have to like drink alcohol just to talk to people at conventions. So I would always have like, and I would have like a, like they had initials on the top because some were Yukon Jack and some were Frangelico and some were vodka. So, so you so knew what you had, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Because some you never know which one you're going right. to want. And then the ones that didn't have initials on them at all, those were actual five hour oh. energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this um, is a vodka moment. Glug, glug. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm going to use that for work. I couldn't talk to people. No, I'm going to use that for work. Thank you for pointing that out. That's going to get me through a lot of days. So Here to help. <laughs> Um, but so let, well, let's let's come back to this uh, to, to, to this uh, this Star Wars this Galaxy's Edge uh, people mover. So um, um, David, uh, there's actually some photos and video footage. Well, of the in dog, the right? very first 
Galaxy's Edge presentation at D23 Expo, they did have a giant screen on the slides of a, a white furry animal with ginormous tusks coming out. And if you if you Google Endor Express and then third attract Galaxy's Edge third attraction, you'll find this article that we put up with a small video. And um, you know they showed the video of the Imagineers kind of testing out this technology of um, you would have an animal. Um, I don't know. I don't have a. So this is actually footage that they actually released. If you uh, have Disney Plus, there is right. uh, a six-part series called The Imagineers. Pretend and, this uh, is the beast of burden, and then you would have <laughs> a row of four on this side facing this way, and you have a row of four facing that way. And if you go to that website or Google Ender Express and then Galaxy's Edge third attraction, you'll find a little video of an Imagineer tinkering with animatics of this. Oh, it so, sounds like an Oliphant from Lord of the Rings. Kind of, yeah. 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 And, and it's supposed to, yeah, so you board on both sides. And if you go to Galaxy's Edge now or when it's open, there's a, the, 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 the where's the garage, Savi's garage right. or something, and the land speeder's there. You'll look up and there's just all these railings. This is kind of like part of the queue of where oh, people are really? supposed to line up and stuff like that. See, I always assumed that was there actually always intended to be like a stage actually for I mean for... that's what they converted it into and they had like pre-opening ceremony like shows there and some of the stormtroopers are always there but you were supposed to load um you know in Disneyland we have that one third entrance towards Frontierland closest to Fantasyland. That's an entrance that does not exist in Walt Disney World. And that's kind of where you would have loaded the ride and kind of stuff like that. So um, that's just like now, it's like if you ever take that entrance in or out of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, you'll just see like there's so much space back there. And if so, they actually did something there, it, it, it's actually substantial. So. so this kind of brings me to something that I find really interesting about Galaxy's Edge in that it is such a departure from um, kind of, uh, or maybe not so much a departure, but you can see an organic progression in terms of how Imagineering has chosen to um, design their attractions, right? Uh, and it kind of culminates in this one, right? So if you look back at the original, like classic Fantasyland dark rides, right? Um, originally, you were the character. So if you were on the Snow White ride, it was Is like that what they're you, called? Dark rides? The yeah. all the ones that are in like the castles? Yeah. In yeah. the village. Basically called darks because you're in a dark room using yeah. black light so that they can kind of control the huh. scene. Right. Um, and uh, the idea was that you were Snow White. So you would see the dwarves. You would see the. But then people started complaining that you never get to see Snow White on the Snow White ride. So then they started adding in the characters into the ride. Right. So then it's like you're kind of on a ride along. Right. So that's like Pinocchio or even Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, where you're kind of riding alongside the, 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 the main protagonist, kind of discovering the story as you go. Then you get to like. Um, kind of spectator tour rides, which are like Disneyland Railroad or the Submarine Voyage, People Movers, another one, Sailing Ship Columbia, where you're just you're where it's like you are you seeing the stuff 
right? Uh, and then you get to rides where you are the, the central protagonist. You are the one exploring the, the, the haunted mansion. You are the one shrinking down to the size of an atom in, in uh, Adventures Through Inner Space. You're the one in the bobsled on the Matterhorn, which then brings us to uh, uh, David and I like to, talk, to, to call this the things go horribly wrong trope. Um, <laughs> you you, you want to talk about this, David? I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, it's, it's, we try to think of the history of Disneyland attractions or Disney parks attractions. And when was the first time you went on something and then something went wrong? And that tends to happen a lot in Disney rides, like Big Thunder Mountain, something's wrong, but they don't really kind of, it's not part of the story. It's just like, oh, it's fun. You know, um, <laughs> the Matterhorn bobsled, something's wrong, but it's not really explained why or how. Um, because you know snowman swinging at you but star tours like they actively pretend that you're on a safe journey and that's part of the whole queue they're queuing you up to this luxury liner travel cruise and you're going somewhere exotic um parting with the ewoks and and yeah something goes wrong and indiana jones same thing you know um i could we could probably you know do a whole evening of just talking about these kinds of rides where something on purpose or accidentally goes wrong. But I think star tours was probably the first time that was actively written into the story. So, so Jason, um, um, now that we've kind of laid that out, you know, uh, uh, your thoughts on star Wars galaxy's edge as it relates to um, this theme, you know, as it has influenced so much of um, themed attraction design. Yeah, I mean, when I first, uh, I went to the preview back when you had to, you know, pay to get in for like two hours and, you know, you had that very small window of opportunity. I went with a friend and then I also went to the actual opening. And I mean, it's just, it's so immersive. One, I mean, that's obvious to say, but the thing I love about it is just the transition from Disneyland to Batu is just, it's amazing. I mean, like they really made that work and it blows me away every time because when you're in there, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in Disneyland. I mean, like they've done a really good job of hiding all the sight lines. You can't see any other attractions at all. I mean, they really wanted it to be like you are on another planet. And I think they succeeded tremendously. And um, I was fortunate enough to go on Rise about two weeks before everything shut down. So, I mean, I went with my family, so I was, you know, I was, thank God I got to go on that. And, um, <laughs> you you know, made it by, by the hair. I, 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 I still haven't it. been on it. So No, yeah, I mean, like, I went with my with my wife and daughter, and um, the first time we went there, you know, I'm trying to queue it up on my phone and that app and that whole debacle of bullshit, just trying to get it to work. And I got, like, a really late time, and I'm like, it's fine, we got on, that's great. And then when we were going to leave the next day, we're like, let's go on one more time and just see if we can snag a time. And we waited right outside the gate and we got the first group. And I was like, oh, my God, how is this happening? And it worked out because the first time we went on, speaking of things not working, uh, a lot of the animatronics and things were busted. Um, oh, no. Kylo Ren was in B mode. So it was... <laughs> So it was just a screen of him flying by going like, I'm going to kill you now. And then, um, and I was like, oh, I know there's an animatronic. Where did that go? And then the second time we went on, everything worked perfectly. Nice. And um, it, it was fantastic. I mean, I know a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to experience yet. And I'm not bragging in the slightest, but I mean, when the parks reopen, I mean, like, 
it, it truly is just a marvel. I mean, like what they did with that, it, I, I still don't know how they made some of that work. And it's it, oh, Rise or the Rise that ride, just okay. that ride, Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, the the smugglers, oh, smugglers is great. It's like a giant video game, and I and I love it. But I mean, Rise, it's just like. That is right now like the cream of the crop in terms of Disney attractions. So, so I still do really, really miss the people mover. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about this this idea of three three sixty immersion, right? Mm-hmm. So so as as Jason was talking about, right? Um, they it, it is fascinating how it's the one land in uh, in all of Disneyland that doesn't have um oh uh th- doesn't that you can't see other widgets from right uh yeah. they the, 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 they like to talk about you know if you're if you're in frontierland you can still see the the peaks of the the towers of the castle which mm-hmm. can guide you forward as to place making of like where you are in the park and how to get to another place right but when you are in galaxy's edge the the sight lines are controlled in such a way and even honestly the sound is controlled yeah. in such a way that you cannot hear the train um whistles or the the boat tooting or anything like that and when you're on the train you can't really even see into galaxy's edge like even if you turn and look behind you they have it all blocked like there's yeah. rock work and trees and they they just don't want you to know what that is until you're in there and and it's- that's i think that's such a great touch it's like Harry Potter at Universal. Like once you walk past that entrance, yeah. you are fully immersed in the yeah. world and it's yeah. magical. I love it. They made such great use of that space because when they first announced it and they said they were tearing up, you know, the barbecue and the Big Thunder Ranch. And I was like, that's not that much room, is it? Like it was very misleading. And then as we watched it get built, it was like, oh, I Boy, they really Tetris this in here, didn't they? So, because I mean, it was just—it's it, epic. It's just epic. Well, we so. did lose twenty-five percent of the rivers of America, too. We did. We did lose that. That—that that is. Shame. As well as the yeah. entire yeah. like parade uh, rehearsal building, too. <laughs> yes. And and the ranch where they they tended to all the animals. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about this idea of of the three sixty immersion. Um, you you had mentioned about um uh uh harry potter right yeah um so david um um you want to talk a little bit about how um harry potter uh experience kind of threw the gauntlet um at, at disneyland or at imagineering well i mean just pretend like jk rowling's not a thing right now well <laughs> well the thing is the funny thing is that the harry potter land was designed by disney and meant to go to walt disney world and then oh that's right and there yeah. was a big were like yeah and i think for them you know like jk rowling had specific things about how intimate she wanted it she wanted a complete control of how it was going to be and i think disney was like thanks but no thanks you know we have a, our way of doing it and at that time they were the very best of the best and Universal was not going to come close. So they were not worried about the competition. Universal took it and uh, whatever you want, JK Rowling will we'll do. And because we have, what do we got to lose? So they got nothing. And, <laughs> and they really changed the scene because when everyone went to Walt Disney world for a week, they would maybe some of them go to universal for a day. And now it's, I'm absolutely going to universal for two, maybe three days. And, oh my God, it's amazing there. Yeah. Between and, the two so, lands, oh God, it's so I much. Mean, if you if you're gonna go to both, go to Hollywood first and then Florida, because if you go to Florida first and then Hollywood, you will be disappointed. 
Well, the, I mean, let's go to Florida. <laughs> I mean, specifically, though, we're talking what we're talking about is this idea of 360 immersion, right? The idea that you do not see the rest of the park um, from anywhere with once you're in that world. Also, it's completely unified. It's not just environments and uh, 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 attractions. Now, it's uh, merchandise experiences. It's food, right? Right. Well, well, you know, yeah, Harry Potter really changed the scene because if you notice the, you know, Disney also kind of had a bug's land sort of, but there was like no merchandise tie into that land. There was no restaurant or eatery. It was just like a very forced land to satisfy the kids. Um, but that was, you know, so I wouldn't, Cars Land, what came 2000, 2012, that was after yeah. So that was, Harry Potter that was kind really, of Dis- Disney's first stab at right, 360. Right. So Harry Potter first came on the scene. Disney knee jerk reacted with new fantasy land, which I think was where Harry Potter was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to check my notes about that, but yeah, you, you, you're right. Is that in yeah. Florida or here? <laughs> in Florida. In Florida. Oh, okay. They added the new fantasy land with a new beauty and the beast restaurant, the BR guest. Oh um, yeah. 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 And the and, Gaston pub yeah, and all that. The seven dwarfs mine ride and everything so it was all going to be back there and so of course they like well what are we going to do with this space now it's okay new new fantasy land and so they so universal really changed the ballpark or ball game with immersive lands and then disney came back with cars land avatar land and then finally they bought lucasfilm and then they could start doing galaxy's edge so jason want to talk to uh, and then now we have the the, the hotel experience in Florida co- coming and they're trying to change that game because universal does not have a Harry Potter hotel. And that's what something some, everyone really wants is to Are live they doing in a, a star Wars hotel here too. No, uh, not, no well, not that's only in Florida. Just that's in Florida. Florida. Oh. Yeah. It's called the I thought it was out star here. Wonder. No, no. Okay, so, on our Disney group, you guys did not explain that well. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Jason, just to give uh, our listeners just kind of a sense of this, right? Can you kind of describe the the marketplace experience? Oh yeah, I mean, it's um again, the immersion level is is off the chart. It, it, it kind of, in a sense, is very Harry Potter ish in terms of size. I mean, it's a very tight little space and they tried to keep everything like, you know, it's like these res- residents of the two who have set up shop here and, and they're making all of these goods based on, I think like what they've heard through the movies and the trilogies, like, Oh, you know, have you heard of princess Leia? Oh, I made this little rag doll of her come by, you know, I mean, like everything looks like it was made on the two, you know, I mean, obviously they have the legit products as well, but that's what like, like, you know, I bought the holocron there and, and the little, monster guy from the, the creature shop you know that sticks his tongue out and does this number and you know and yeah and boba yeah he got cute little so almost like almost holiday special boba fett there yeah I saw. So, so yeah so 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 the idea is that all of this merchandise is actually designed as if it was handcrafted so yes, yes. it is the rag doll so if you go to the toy shop the yeah. the it's it's rag doll versions of the characters it's mm-hmm. it's um carved wooden you know, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yes. It's um, all kind of in world. If yeah. you go to the, um, you know, the, 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 the clothing shop, right? It's, yeah. there's no t-shirt that says Galaxy's Edge. It's like, it's actually Jedi tunics or Sith robes. Um, I think they're actually, they did relent a little bit and they put um, some Black Spire souvenirs, right? Yeah. Well, they made like this, they put, they made this that for when the opening day. Uh, in your face, Andy. 
in your face. It says Galaxy. No, no, but, <laughs> but no, you had to buy that in Tomorrowland. It, it, correct. You cannot buy that at, at, at Batu. You had to buy that at Star Traders. So no, I mean, you could, yeah. you could get like a perfectly little goofy um, um, snow globe. Yes, um, Spire. <laughs> that was, was like totally out of like a tourist shop. Right, right. Oh, um, you mean at the jewel, like the yeah, the, the jewels, jewels of Bith. Okay, yeah, yeah that's um, the, like tourist. And you can get the really cool, you know, metal sporks that people were stealing and selling on eBay. And I um, want one. <laughs> now, now they're back apparently in Florida. Anyway, I, I also uh, want to talk about you know just just the design. So basically, they have this curved corridor um, mm-hmm. where all of these little market stalls are, right? And this is very akin to like a like a Marrakesh marketplace with sunshade over, you know, and it's like literally sunshade made out of ship parts, um, which both serve to kind of immerse you in this idea of you're on this desert planet and you need shade, but also it's that you know these are scrappers that have basically put t- stuff together or, you know, strung up lanterns and stuff to kind of makeshift um, all of these uh, shopping stalls. There's also an incredible uh, sound design, right? Where it's, you're never hearing music um, um, of, you know, which, you know, some people are debating whether that's a good or bad, but you are hearing, uh, you know, the sound of the Wookiee that lives upstairs, uh, you know, fighting with, her husband or whatever like that you're sounding you're hearing uh starships flying overhead uh because this is an active star yeah the first time i heard that like i it like because it's surround so it like it goes past you and i was just like what the hell was that like it totally threw me for a loop i mean it, it was it was ridiculous so you, you also come up to like the the street vendor the street vendor is doing like you know grilled meat of you know space pigs or something like that <laughs> and it's it's cooked by the fire on a spit of a of an old uh, pod racer engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's that level of story influences every single thing. And you are the star of this adventure, which is yeah. really a fascinating way of of approaching um, all of this. Yeah. Um, David, you want to you, you want to talk a little bit about the, the lightsaber experience? Yeah, um, well, you go into the, you pay $200 and then you get to pick your, um, which lightsaber theme you want. Um, I won't go into it now because, you know, it's it's more fun if you go and learn about it yourself. But Can't wait until I have money and I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you go into this room and uh, um, you put, they give you pieces and you kind of customize the pieces to put together the lightsaber. And then you pick your, your kyber crystal and that's going to be your color and you put it together and it's supposed to be a religious experience. It really depends on your cast member um, that's guiding <laughs> you through this. Um, but you, you hear the music, you hear voices uh, like Yoda and everyone like pulls out at the same time. Ha ha ha. Um, uh, <laughs> and ignites their lightsaber. And you I walk like out. that method. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, everyone turns it on and, you know, Hello. yep. And then I know and, that and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And then um, it's, it's cool because like in rogue one, they have the story of the empire stealing kyber crystals and the cases they have on the tanks are, you could find those kinds of cases throughout the room. And so there's like little tie-ins to the movie like that. And Wait, do the parts float as you assemble them? Kevin, unfortunately, they is do asking. Well, yeah, you're not, since you're not a really a force wielder, um, they don't. 
but uh, but they are still steeped in story where like basically you know it's kind of like a secret junkyard and they take you right. to the back room uh, they are scrap dealers so they have collected all these pieces and parts which they present to you so you can build your own um, right it's, it's that's like just for the lightsaber right that's not yeah. the droid one the droid well, one's uh, totally Jason, different no, the droid one's easier in this spot yeah <laughs> so Jason do you want to talk about the droid factory a little bit yeah I mean like that one unlike the Savi's workshop yeah when you go to Savi's you know you have to be like hey I'm looking for such and such and they they scurry you in like you know look out for the first order but the oh, droid wait. is that the one where it has the thing where the yeah. parts are going around yes. the top like yes. legs it's and basically stuff? it's basically like robot build-a-bear and yeah. um, you go in there and and you, yes. and you and you go in there and you pay your I guess is it like about two hundred well or hundred depending on the parts and things you get like <laughs> that little dude back there was made my daughter made that one the little BB eight so expensive and um, you go in there and, and there's a conveyor belt of parts and you pick the head conveyor belt yeah 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 <laughs> and you just put it all hacha. together and, yeah hacha. and then you take it and you bring it to like this little like workstation and they have you know cast members there that help you because sometimes those pieces and whatnot are actually quite difficult to get to work and then you activate it and it's this whole show and you watch it power up and then he spins and he talks and then they give you a little boxer bag for it and and off you go. And it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I was a little hesitant at first. I just wanted to spend my 200 on a lightsaber. And I was like, do I really need to spend another 200 on a droid and then peer pressure? And I was like, I was so glad that I did it. I mean, I went with my, my best friend and he, he cried at Savi's, you know, talking about <laughs> religious experience. He is a huge Star Wars fan. And as soon as they started talking, he was full tears. <laughs> This is a well, grown forty-seven-year-old man who was full tears, and I got it all on film. I cried. So, I cried with the opening sequence of Force Awakens. Yeah, no, I mean it was. It, I, I can no understand. Judgment. Yeah, I mean, and and they really, again, they immerse you. The cast members are like telling you this tale, and like, oh, you all have heard of Luke Skywalker, and and the mystery yeah. of this and that, and and the music is playing, and it's just, yeah, you're really really I, I also cry during parades and fireworks so <laughs> every time every time fireworks make sense i think yeah well so you know so this is like you know one of the great things that that really you know as i sit back in this as you know an aspiring armchair imagineer uh and, and nerd about this right because i mean i spent a lot of time not even getting in lines or you know just sitting there i i, I do this i'm the creepy guy who sits there on a bench <laughs> And watches other people engage with this because it is it's all theater, right? Yeah. And the environment is so meticulous. You know, there are there are holes in the wall and burn and scorch marks where blasters yeah. had, had had fired off, right? Yeah. There, um, if you go into the main restaurant, you can hear the little frozen in carbonite sound. And if you look up at the walls, you'll see a carbonite freezing thing, and you'll see like a turkey leg. As well as like you know yeah. fake chickens and stuff in carbonite, which is like oh that's why carbonite chickens, freezing chickens, is, is, well, okay the tip yep yes Dorian tip yep right um, um, all all the food is renamed yeah for for Endorian tip yep which is actually I don't know if they have tip yips hanging around it's all fish. That's true. Well, no, uh, no, if you look up on the on the left side, there's there right. there's okay. there's some carbonite. Maybe they don't want like this dangling chicken uh, thing, and the children will be like, "Oh my yeah. god!" What's All right, what I'll look that? for the I'll look just for the tip. Yep, next time. Just the tip. Just. <laughs> just the tip is not fun. It's. 
Not fun. Oh, you even, tease. Even the backstage area is like still heavily themed because mm-hmm. one of the times when I went on Smuggler's Run and the queue was just out of control, they would run you through the back. Right. And, and bring and, storage and, containers out. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I was. Is that for the? That's for the Millennium Falcon ride, right? Yes. I think I was back. Yeah, I was back. Yeah, there because they just had the tape on the floor because they ran out of space, and there's these giant storage crates, which I think back in that area yeah. was where they were originally supposed to build the, the restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, show, yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean, at least you had some thoughts, but I mean, you should just put the restaurant here. So, David, do you want to talk a little bit about the kind of the whole interactive thing, too, with the app? Oh, yeah, the, the Disney Play app. So if you haven't played that or downloaded it, you can do it now. You don't have to be in the park to use it. But for the Galaxy's Edge section, you kind of need to be in the land. Um, and it has a geographical thing that kind of knows that you're in there. Um, they have these switches on the on the walls. You could look for them. You want to turn. You, oh, you got to pick your side. You got to be, am I going to? play for the resistance or I'm going to play for the first order or I'm going to be neutral and just kind of be a scoundrel and help whoever I want at the time. And you kind of, <laughs> I mean, this is a whole another another way of doing Disneyland is just spending the whole time, like looking at your phone, like a, like a dweeb. And it, it, it basically, <laughs> well, yeah. So, so basically your phone becomes your in world data pad in star Wars and you're right. using it to scan stuff. You're using it to hack yeah. into computers or uh, listen in on, um, on like secret uh, 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 frequencies and stuff. And right. it's, it gives another level of engagement if you so choose to do so. Yeah. This and is then another reason I need to go with you guys. Yeah. And if you, if you have it on, when you go on the millennium Falcon smugglers run, you get credits at the end of it. So make sure that your app is running or on. And then, I mean, your phone doesn't have to be on while you're on the ride, but it just needs to be activated. And you get credits at the end of the ride, depending on how well you did. Um, you, you're you trying to connect, pu- it's a lot of puzzles. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where you're kind of like, oh, I gotta sit down and figure this out, you know? <laughs> um, and then you earn little, you, you earn armor, you earn uh, props from the movies, costumes, Uniforms, Wait, helmet. Like helmet. you can actually get stuff. No, like I mean it's all virtual. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, so but it does become like disappointing, Tracy. Sorry. <laughs> it's like I want to real. Want to go anymore? Screw that app. I never <laughs> have enough space on my phone, even for new apps, let alone yeah. <laughs> like virtual things in the app. Like, give me a shirt that give me a shirt that I can actually wear. This yeah. is my my adventure awaits on Jakku shirt that you can't <laughs> see because of my boobs. <laughs> Stupid boobs. Stupid boobs. Oh, they ruin oh, everything. Put me back in line, Andy. Put me back in line. <laughs> but uh so you know, here's here's the other thing, right? It's like it, the this is um this idea of 360 immersion to this level, right, is still also very much about a change in philosophy, which is basically um almost kind of inadvertently the fault of marketing. Because if you remember when we were all kids, you'd watch all of these commercials and you'd see like the Mickey Mouse character, you know, jumping into the ride with the kid and, you know, Donald <laughs> Duck is riding the teacups with you. And and what happened was that that was, became the promise that people didn't want to just take a picture with these characters. They thought part of the promise was getting to play. At which when it's not just about the ride, it's not just about the attraction itself. It becomes about this experiential thing of the memory I take, the tactile experience 
of being in this place and living out a live action LARP more or less. I think what mm. the marketing is trying to tell you is that live your Star Wars story. Right. And they want you to have your own Star Wars story in their land. And you could only do it there, but there's a lot of things that was promised that isn't there. So it's true. But, well, look, but at least we're all living the same Star Wars story. They interact story. with you. They interact with you more in Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge than they do in any other land. Well, so this is one of the things, right? Is that is that they are very uh, entertainment is, is on strict rules. There are no stop and take photo places. There's no cues to take photos. The characters, if you see Chewbacca, Chewbacca is on his way to go fix something. Yeah. So he's always in motion. So if you stop and take a picture with him, he's going to say, no, come and walk with me because I got to get to the ship. Well, right? they, eventually they do have an area where they do stop and let let people line up. Yeah, like, I saw Chewie take a picture with a kid. Yeah, like right. in, in the middle of the bazaar area. Yeah, I mean, they, they take pictures, but it's never it's never get in line to take the photo. It's right. kind of how it used to be in the past. Yeah. In the if you it's like parents the shoving their kids in his yeah. crotch, right? It's 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 what is known in the industry affectionately as the hug and shove. Where you hug, <laughs> you take a picture, and move on because you got a celebrity photo. I just love and shove. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it is it's it's this uh, it's it moved from the hug and shove yeah. to the uh, the the interact and play. Uh, <laughs> See, when I'm at conventions, right? I have followers that will will yoink <laughs> like yoink and I have to boink. <laughs> Whoa, yoink and wow. <laughs> What convention is that? <laughs> no, like you go to take a picture and they'll like put their arms around your shoulder and like yank you into them. And you're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so um, we are getting close on time here, but um, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten to specifically the rides, which are Rise of the Resistance and how that, that experience is set up. Uh, but it continues, it continues even further in terms of, of that immersion. Same thing with uh, 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 Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. We also haven't talked uh, very much about the Galactic Star Cruiser experience, which is the next level beyond uh, in terms of 360 immersion. But before we go, um, Jason, so you have also done the Galaxy's Edge uh, uh, VR game, correct? Yes. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how that is? Because, I mean, that is another level of expansion of how you can play in in the planet Batu beyond the berm so, so to speak. yeah i mean it's more story driven you know i mean c3po is in there you know helping you around and there's more character interaction and and the whole map and everything in there i think is a direct replica of galaxy's edge i mean like having walked both it's actually kind of amazing i mean like i i'm new to the vr world i just got my oculus like a, a year ago and I played Vader Immortal and I was like freaking out because I'm, break, <laughs> I'm breaking shit and knocking stuff down because I'm like, oh, God, he's here. And, uh, you know, it was but but no, I mean, it, it, it's fun. I mean, it, it is just like you said, it's just another it's the next step. It's yeah. like if, if there's things in Galaxy's Edge for real that you wanted or didn't get to see, you can almost kind of pick that up right in, in the VR set. So what are, what are some of the environments that you get to explore that are not available to you in real life? Oh, um, I, I don't think this, I don't think there's anything that is like new pers like the canteen is bigger. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a different cantina right you, yeah, you know, it is, cantina, yeah, it, yeah it's in one of the spires up in the mountains correct basically. yeah yeah it's just it's it's 
far cooler, actually. I kind of wish ours looked that way. <laughs> um, no disrespect to our cantina, but I mean, clearly, you know, they have Don't a blessing. let Olga hear you say that. I know, she's going <laughs> to kick my ass, but they have a blessing of size. Is it even bigger than Scum and Villainy? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Olga's uh, is bigger than Scum and Villainy. Is it really? <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. There's some different parts of, like, Smuggler's Run, like, I mean, a lot of it looks like the queue, but from what I recall, like there's, you know, there's a whole nother section and you can talk to Savi and, and go in there and it's just, it's just more elaborate. You know, I mean, it, it's just bigger set pieces. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is a lot of fun. It's a very quick play. I mean, it, cause there's not like really any missions or anything per se, you know, it's a lot of exploring and, and you can find things to do. But I, I found myself after 45 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and plus v, VR for me, some reason I blame the pandemic. Like I used to be able to wear that. No problem. But now I'm like, Whoa, this is starting to kind of take its toll on my peripheral vision. Like what the hell is going on? Like I just get, like, I feel like wasted and not in a good way. And um, oh. but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the hangover without the fun, but, <laughs> but, but, but it's a very cool, you know, story driven app and I do recommend it. And, and yeah, I, I think it's only like 12 bucks now. It was like 30. Oh. It, I think it was like 30 when it came out and now it's like half that. So. I just need to find somebody who has an Oculus so I can use it for 45 minutes and then I'm good. Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. And then it'll just get you more pumped for the real thing because you need to save yourself for that. We'll boink for Oculus. Boinking, <laughs> no, boink and yoink for Oculus. <laughs> we'll take a picture. Give me an out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are coming up to the end of our time. Um, David, do you have any kind of last thoughts, last impressions, things that you uh, want people to know about uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the placemaking? You can't ask me that right after uh, Will Boink for Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to say, I mean, I guess the next time we actually know what's going on with Galaxy's Edge on the West Coast is April 30th when they reopen. So it'll be, it'll be, and they say have they, that. Have they officially announced April 30th? Yeah, but hmm. they haven't started releasing tickets for it. And they did say that Rise of the Resistance is included. But like every, all indoor rides, I think it has to be like a 15 minute yeah. time period. Yeah. So I'm not sure how they're going to figure that out, but um, it'll be interesting. So um, I'm sure I, I don't know if I'll be able to go. The, the experience, uh, we haven't really gotten into that, but I mean, it is it is very important that you become enclosed. <laughs> Right. And they said like the, the rules right now, and this could change by mid April, you know, like mm -hmm. right now, every out, all the queue has to be outdoors. So they're going to have to like rush everyone through smugglers run if they want to go on that and, mm -hmm. and then get on the ride and get out. But, uh, so it'll be interesting how they do in my shot. In my shot. <laughs> I'll throw it away. And, uh, I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. You want to get shot first before you go uh jason how about you any any last thoughts in terms of placemaking design um uh food or or uh uh merchandise experiences i'm kind of going with david i mean all i want to do now is make the boink and yoink shirts for you guys to sell so i mean it's just <laughs> so, i think you might have a heavy hitter on your hands um no i mean yeah i i'm i'm gonna i'm hoping i'll be able to go 
back to the that. park sometime <laughs> over over the summer is my is my plan. Um, I'm going with my family to a touch of Disney in a couple of weeks, which is the uh, just the food festival portion they're having at right. DCA before all the parks open. So I'm going to slowly. Are you going? Yeah, I mean, it's my way of just slowly acclimating myself to being around people again, because um, <laughs> it's like I'd rather be around like a thousand people who aren't going to be in an indoor queue as opposed to conceivably 20,000 people and we're all bunched together again. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I've gotten my shots fortunately. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little less apprehensive about it, but still, I mean, it, it's been a year and a half since I've gone anywhere of merit. And so I'm, I'm nervous. Um, but I, I really can't wait to get back into the park. I mean, it's like my home away from home and, and my, and my family's too. So I heard they're going to do virtual cues for everything like on your phone. Yeah, that's probably. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, yeah. they should just. Well, and that. also it's, they're also going to be running at like, is it 15, 20%? It's 15% as long as we're in the red. But if we get into the orange by the 30th, then that's 20, 25%. 20%. So, yeah, but I'm um, still, I mean, I think virtual queuing is actually brilliant. I mean, yes. it, it gets more people to like walk around, shop, eat. And then it's like, oh, it's time to go on Pirates. You know, and oh, so, yes, so yes, I, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hoping that that works, but I know there's going to be a lot of bugs in the system, and and we'll see. But yeah, we'll just like David said, we'll just have to see what goes. Who knows? Well, that said, uh, I think we are pretty much at the end of our time. Uh, Tracy, if you can check the squad reports, check the comms to see if we have any communications. Yes. Um, Paul's wondering how that works. It would be on an app. I'm pretty sure it'd be on the Disneyland. The app. virtual queue, yeah, you yeah. Probably, yeah, you'd have to download the Disneyland app and then because yeah. that's how you do it for us. Which you should do anyway because it has the wait times and all that. It's really it the wait times. It's got your ticket. Yeah. You can order food and just grab it and, and your go. Star Wars data pad. And your Star Wars date. Yeah, everything. Yeah, play Disney like like David was talking about. I mean, there's so much on there. Um, I, we I also want to say we also want to say thank you to our new follower followers, yes. uh, Agent DVD, uh, Dead Dead Sick Six Six Six, Earl Be Good for the raid, and uh, Strengthen Samson for the resub. Yes, for uh, four and, months. And we will be we will be uh, raiding um, Strengthen Samson in just a little bit. Uh, any other reports, uh, Tracy? Um, I, 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 I don't think so. Okay. Well then, uh, we're going to, uh, close out the oh, show. Oh, I missed the t-shirt thing. What was on the, what was the t-shirt thing? What t-shirt thing? Oh, you oh, said boink. you were going to put some. Oh, boink and yoink. Oh, see, I'm glad I asked. Boinkandyoink.com. No, I don't know. That, don't look at that. That's probably a bad idea. A so, I'm going to buy that like right now. Yeah, go daddy. So. In, uh, I already had a hot nerd girl. It has plenty of corn, so. In, in one week on April 3rd, we are going to continue our Clone Wars rewatch. We are going to get ready for the Bad Batch. We'll be looking at six episodes. You don't have to hit all of them, but we're throwing up six episodes that will introduce you to some of the specific clone soldiers in the Republic that play an important role in uh, setting up the Bad Batch. So that's episode season three, episode one, season one, episode five, season three, episode two, season three, episodes 18 through 20. And yes, they are out of order because they were like that. Darn them. Also, next week, we're going to be talking to Howard Ho, uh, who uh, has his own YouTube uh, show on uh, that where he discusses um, 
musicology or he discusses musical theater from a musicology perspective specifically around uh topics around hamilton but he'll be with us talking about the music of star wars so if you have questions or ideas or topics or questions about how john williams uses music in star wars uh throw those in the chat or send us uh emails uh with those questions um Thank you, uh, Enigma with the late follow, Enigma78. Um, and uh, the following week, we will we will go on a hiatus. We're going to do a quick break. But we also want to see all of your Star Wars creations. Do you cosplay, make fan films, build droids, build models, sell stuff on Etsy? Show us how Star Wars has inspired you, and we might feature you on the show as well. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're here on the Geekish Network every Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Please follow Geekish Network here on Twitch and subscribe to the channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can link your account and sub to us using Prime Gaming. Also, check the schedules for all the other great shows right here throughout the week uh this monday pan geekery will be covering uh the pacific rim animated series the last episodes four through seven also the first two episodes of falcon and winter soldier so tracy you got to catch up on that um and then thanks on the flight deck uh to mike and rodney also digital click as they specialize in digital marketing marketing design social media advertising uh, you can find them at digitalclick.com and we are the pod squadron Please check out our content on podsquadron.com. Like and subscribe on Twitch and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Like and subscribe. Uh, whoops, I said that already. For uh, pod- <laughs> podcast descriptions, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. I am the Chinese Pirate at Chinese Pirate underscore on all platforms. I am Tracy Hot Nerd Girl at uh, Hot Nerd Girl at Facebook at Hot underscore Nerd underscore Girl on Twitter and Hot Nerd Girl Official on Instagram. And please donate to the Tiltify thing to stop uh, stop violence against Asians. And yes, that's... uh, Oh, and I really have to pee. So let's wrap this up, guys. And uh, David, how can they find you? (laughs) Um, I'll do my Star Wars content on Endor Express on Instagram and Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook page and also EndorExpress.net on the web. My personal Instagram is Boy. C-O-H-E-T-E-B-O-Y. And that's like theme parks and other stuff. And Jason. Uh, you can find me on my website, beyondforever.net, where I make a bunch of no budget. I'm, I'm like the Spielberg if he kept making sequels to 1941. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can find me there and uh, Beyond Forever Studios on Instagram, Beyond Forever Studios on Facebook. Just look for Beyond Forever Studios. I'm the only Beyond Forever Studio. So <laughs> I want to just personally thank you both for being here and thank you. Thank you for always, us. It, was, yeah. it was awesome. It was so cool to, to chat and great to meet all of you. A lot of fun. And, and always, again, thank you, Andy, for keeping me in line. Always. <laughs> and once it's again, rating strength and Samson. So all wings <laughs> return to base course laden and prepared to make the jump on jump, jump to light speed on my mark. Oh. And remember the truth we cling to depend on our own point of view. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. Good night, everyone. I have to pee! <laughs> you had piddle pads, you said, right? So, I do! No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I have a dog who has, needs those as well, so I, I understand. So. <laughs>